back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Paul Hasbrook. He is the CEO and co-founder at Seabright Healthcare. He's been a healthcare industry leader for more than 15 years. He has proven results in both revenue generation and profitability targets and possesses a strong commitment to sustained process improvement. His extensive experience in establishing high-performance sales teams, managing stakeholder relationships, and executing strategic plans drives his pursuit of healthcare technology innovation. Paul and I actually worked together for several years at Nuvasive, and uh, it's just so, so great to see him evolve into the leader that he's become in adding value to providers in the healthcare system with what they're doing to help innovate and uh, really be efficient in in the supply chain aspect of, of what we're doing. Because let's be honest, healthcare is way more expensive than it should be. And, uh, and Paul and his team are doing their part to make uh, every provider get more value for each dollar spent. So Paul, such, such a privilege to, to reconnect with you again and, and to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm excited to talk and uh, share a little bit about uh, what we're doing at Seabright and uh, catch up a little bit as well. Yeah, likewise. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, really kind of let's share with the listeners, right? Uh, so tell us more about your interest and what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. Yeah, I came into it uh, kind of through a side door. I, I'm an engineer by education. I was kind of a, a math and science guy in, in high school, and that pushed me to look at uh, life sciences and engineering and ultimately pursued biomedical engineering at, at Marquette University, at Jesuit College, uh, coming from the Jesuit High School in Toledo, Ohio. And I was uh, inspired when I visited Marquette's campus and saw the College of Engineering and met folks. And, you know, engineering for me was, was really about uh, problem solving and about technology and, and improving and iterating technology. And I really can't think of a better application of technology than in healthcare. And and that rings true today. I, I, I can tell you in the current environment, seeing what's happening, we are you know forced to reflect on what essential personnel means in our day-to-day lives and to see healthcare workers putting in, you know, a shift and a half every day, treating patients, putting themselves and their families at risk. It's like inspired me all over again and reminded me, reminded me that going into healthcare, I made the right choice. Yeah, Paul, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I couldn't agree more, you know, the work that's being done out there, right, especially right now. I mean, every day, but now with COVID-19 and everything we've got going on, it's definitely, you know, a time to say thanks. And, and, and I mean, talk about mission driven work. So I, I, I totally love where you're coming from with this. What, what would you say is the role of Seabright uh, in, in, in your perspective and, and, and in our market? And how are you adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, we, we do it in different ways. So I've spent a lot of time in hospitals. I, as a medical device rep, I've been you know, in and out of, of various institutions since 2003, spending a lot of that time in clinical setting, seeing the direct application of technology, interacting with various functional groups within the hospital, procedural groups, uh, materials and supply chain, 
and and others. And it blows my mind that the the billing process for these high cost physician preference items has remained the same from the day I started at at Cynthia's Spine in 2003 to today, where you know vendor representatives who play an incredibly important role in in the process and and, and facilitate these procedures from an equipment perspective and support perspective are finishing these procedures and then they fill out a bill sheet generally handwritten uh, it's on paper it makes its way through the procedural area whether it be the cath lab or the or and then down into purchasing goes through different approvals and the folks that that deal with these chart sheets have a lot on their plate every day and generally don't really know what they're looking at. They're forced to approve things that uh, are constantly changing. So we're doing a couple different things. Number one, we're collecting better data at the point of service. So by standardizing data inputs and taking this process digital, we can uh, create better analytics and drive better decision-making. We create efficiency. So we reduce the amount of labor required to process uh, the billing associated with one of these procedures through the hospital and, and subsequently uh, into the ERP and managing the, the requisition and PO process. And we provide an oversight or accountability mechanism that wasn't previously there. So there's, there's, there's feedback back to the vendor representative as to uh, whether or not their items are on contract, specific costs that we can you know, publish to the relevant approvers and sort of procedural check to know that the items the hospital is buying are the things they actually need. That's that's really interesting and and fascinating that you decided to to hone in on this particular process, right? There's so many processes in healthcare that need fixing or that aren't efficient, really. And so today, in the OR, people are still writing out their their bills. They're they're writing them out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So so that's crazy. Some of the man. companies. Some of the companies have developed their own systems internally okay. to help make make it more efficient on the manufacturer side, but that doesn't really help the hospital. The only way it helps the hospital is is sometimes they get a printed version rather than a handwritten version, but either way, it's on paper, yeah. and we 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 can make that process more efficient for both sides. So it does focusing on what we call bill only. Bill only are the type of of charge sheets or bills that we're talking about, bill only meaning as opposed to an order where the hospital, you know, orders a ventilator, for example, and issues a PO and the ventilator ships and comes to the loading dock. Bill only's work a little bit differently. The vendor representative comes with a trunk full of equipment, gets it sterilized, uh, brings in sterile implants. Those things are consumed during the procedure and the bill comes after the fact. So they've sort of already bought this stuff and the bill comes later. So we focused on bill only for, for several reasons. Number one, physician preference items are extremely expensive. They can account for 50% of a hospital's supply budget. So we're talking, you know, high seven or eight figures, even for a small hospital. And then uh, it's it's one of the last places in the hospital to, to really um, be driven by paper. And we've seen everything else go paperless including the electronic medical record, which has happened over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, it's been mandated. We've seen the effectiveness of that change. Mm -hmm. And while that change is difficult, 
we see that as being a, a required change for hospitals to survive and costs to come down as we move into the you know, next century of healthcare. That's really interesting, Paul. So as a as a vendor, you're in there. I guess you have to be approved in the system, and then you submit your bill through the Seabright system that the hospital. Well, I guess it's it's the hospitals, right? So they submit it through you guys, and then it gets through the process that way. Yeah. So is is if you think about the way credentialing now works at hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. Fifteen years ago. Hospitals didn't have any idea who these folks were coming in and out every day. And so right. some companies decided that they would create platforms whereby reps would register and uh, kind of house their information online. And uh, they go to the hospital, they sign in, they print a badge. This is not that different. Reps go in, they sign into our system, they have their own profile, they fill out their charge sheet on our platform, and it routes through the hospital electronically. And then once it's approved, gets loaded automatically into the hospital's ERP system to create a PO. So the reps at first have some pushback, like that's one more system. I got to pay this, you know, nominal registration fee, which may not feel nominal before they've used it. And then once they see, though, that instead of taking three or four weeks to get their purchase orders, they're getting them in three or four days, we get buy-in from both sides. Love it. Love it. So it's, it's really great. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity to, to make this area of care more efficient. This process is obviously antiquated. I mean, gosh, you know, 12 years ago <laughs> when I was in the OR, that's what we were doing. You know, we were doing paper. And when you tell them, we're telling me that this is still the case, I'm glad you guys are working on this. <laughs> it, it is, it has not changed since the day I started. The only difference is uh, in 2003, the forms were still on triplicate. Uh, they're, they're not on triplicate oh, yeah, anymore, right. but uh, carbon it's, copies. It's still eight, <laughs> yeah, it's still eight and a half by eleven paper floating floating around through the hospital. A lot of times, it's getting scanned and reprinted in different departments, and regardless, it ends up being stacks and stacks of paper that makes it onerous from a manual processing perspective. It's irresponsible environmentally, and and creates all kinds of issues ranging from you know, legibility to poor data capture. Very cool. So, so tell us about how this platform, Paul, has, has improved outcomes or really made business better, right? I think the, the sweet spot is making business better on this, on this front. Tell us about that. Sure. So it, it does, it does different things. Number one, it delivers seven figure savings to, to facility in the first year. So right out of the gate, simply by adding the contract validation, product review features, and more importantly, the accountability mechanisms as to benchmark pricing and you know whether or not items belong in a procedure, we can we can demonstrate that individual facility saves anywhere from one and a half to five million dollars in the first year. And just as importantly, we free up significant labor associated with the time spent processing these things, not just down in purchasing, which is significant, but in the procedural areas as well. So somebody in the operating room or other other procedural area is receiving these sheets. They're validating that the things were used in the room. They're double checking against uh, the EHR. They're proceeding with patient charges, which are the key activity for the hospital to generate revenue based on those items and 
we can demonstrate a 1500 hour savings in labor hours uh, per facility by the installation of our of our platform so that's somebody whose time can be used to work on a different project or free up resources in another way also important is is it drives better decision making and collaboration when you think about the interaction between physicians and hospitals uh, that relationship is often more strained uh, than the than the sort of sort of untrained observer realizes, and the physicians are generally frustrated because they get held accountable for selecting some of these very expensive items, but they don't have the data to support good decision making. So our system can empower those relationships and ultimately drive better analytics to to determine long term impact on on both clinical and business outcomes for physicians and and hospitals. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that you really, when you take a step back, you, you know, the downstream effects of, of, of streamlining this process is, is pretty significant, you know, cost savings and, and also labor hours, time that a nurse spends plugging stuff in that, that, you know, the nurse could be with the patient or, or helping the physician. It's a significant, and, and you know, at, 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 the, at the front of this, I'm like, okay, probably more business, but I also see the, the, the outcomes opportunity here. The, the clinical outcomes. There's no the clinical outcomes. By having, yeah. Yeah, by, having, by having better data, uh, physicians can make more informed decisions. It, it improves. Uh, the interaction and collaboration between all of the stakeholders, and 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 let's not forget about the manufacturers. I, we 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 are not in this to take money out of the pockets of the manufacturers and put it in the hands of the providers. Uh, we believe that this uh, solution facilitates improved business outcomes on both sides. Uh, the the simplest way it does it for the manufacturer is in terms of time to cash. The the one of right. the frustrations of a medical device company is that they do these high cost procedures and it's you know, 60, 70, 80 days before they get paid by decreasing the time to PO, we can take significant chunks out of that time. That is very good. Very, very good. And, uh, you know, in, in a lot of the solutions that we've been seeing, those that are most successful address the needs of all stakeholders involved in the process. And it sounds like you guys definitely have taken that perspective into account and are serving both the, the device manufacturers and, and providers. Tell, tell us a little bit about a setback that you guys have had and what you learned from that setback that's made you guys better. Sure. Uh, being, being a startup is tough. And as I think about setbacks, you know, I, I, I go back yeah, even further than Seabright, and 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 most of my significant setbacks have been personal. You know, not not just professional. Right? It's easy it's easy to point to. You know, I can tell you that COVID and, and coronavirus is is a setback we've experienced, and it is. But put in perspective to you know the healthcare professionals on the front line, like this this is something we can we can weather and 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 learn from. But you know, I, I think about you know, 2003, uh, not long after I'd started in in medical device, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ended up hospitalized at UCSF. Uh, spent three weeks there in, in my first of a few hospitalizations secondary to that to that diagnosis. 
and that's an opportunity to put things in perspective in a way that, you know, a minor business setback doesn't doesn't really do. It 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 really forced me to think about you know what's important and uh, and, and what I value. And today continues to influence the lens in, in which I look at the importance of technology in healthcare and the value of physicians and nurses and hospitals and, and other healthcare providers. And uh, it, it sort of underscores my respect for healthcare providers and, and really kind of drives my desire to participate in the process. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Paul. When you have something like that happen and, you know, you compare it to a, a business setback, and I think a lot of people today, whether they've gone through a health challenge or not, today with everything going on, I think it's everybody knows health. If, if, you, if you don't have health, you, you really don't have anything. And I appreciate that perspective that you've shared and you know, I can see why it's made you a stronger leader and a, and a stronger entrepreneur. And obviously, you're able to, to provide those benefits to the, to the customers you serve. What are you most excited about today? I think the most thing I'm most excited about is pushing myself to learn new things. A lot of the stuff I do every day, whether it's interacting with our development team, our software development team in India, or, or building an inside sales team, or... Uh, building an automated outbound marketing program. These are all things I've never done before. So learning those skills, interfacing with people I've never met to to learn how they've done it, building a solution that didn't previously exist, but not just building the solution, building a, a first-class team around that solution. You know, giving people employment opportunities is, is one of the things I've found the most rewarding in, in my career and now doing it in, in, in building a company has been uh, incredibly fun and, and, and want to grow this from right now we have a team of four, you know, I, I envision us having a team of, of 40, you know, in, in three years. So uh, to go out and, and find those people and bring them in and build a culture and, and drive success and, and excellence and outcomes is, is something that, you know, I wake up, every day pretty excited about. And then, and then just fulfilling Seabright's mission, what we defined when we started this thing, reducing costs, empowering providers, uh, increasing value, not just for hospital providers, but for manufacturers. If we can, we can do those things, then the sky's really the limit as to, as to what Seabright does next. Really appreciate that, Paul. And uh, definitely lots to be excited about when you're learning and growing and especially growing such a niche company that you guys have have uh, have built. What would you say is is a favorite book or a reading that you'd recommend to the listeners? Yeah, it's an interesting question, and and I'm a little torn on on my response because there are a lot. I'm I'm currently rereading uh, Four Hour Work Week uh, and 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 love Tim Ferriss and and his work, uh, but I don't think it it ranks as my favorite. Uh, more of a, a classic uh, guy, Seven Habits. Uh, by Stephen Covey is something that uh, I give to uh, each of my employees and, and have uh, a poster up in the office. And, and uh, I, I talk about uh, the seven habits regularly with uh, colleagues. And, and it's, it's been uh, it's a book that was gifted to me from, by a mentor. It's actually a neighbor uh, across the street when I grew up. And I, I couldn't have been older than 
sixth or sixth or seventh grade at the time he gave it to me. And I think he just sat on my shelf for, you know, six or eight or 10 years before I finally picked it up. And, and since then, uh, it's really kind of driven my philosophy in, in life and in business. That's really cool. I, you know, I, I read seven habits, uh, uh, many years ago, but I do remember it had a huge impact on me and maybe it's a good time to dust that one off and, uh, and pick it back up again. I think it's a, I think it's a great read, not just for uh, kind of individual effectiveness, but uh, a way to have conversations about uh, working effectively and building teams and collaboration and uh, and just you know going about a day, a week, and business in a way that's that's productive and uh, promotes good good communication and interaction. Love that. No, it's a, it's a great one. And, and folks, you know where to go, outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in Seabright Healthcare. That's S-E-A, Bright Healthcare. And you'll see the entire episode there, the show notes, transcripts, links to, to their company and, uh, and everything that, that, that Paul and his team are up to. Paul, this has been such an interesting conversation. And, you know, just the value you guys are providing here is exciting. So for, for, for one, I just would love to hear a closing thought from you Just share it with the listeners. And then the best place where the, the listeners that are interested on the provider side or the med device side that could benefit from this tool, uh, where they could reach you and your team. Sure. Thanks. So my, my closing thought is, is this just because something has always happened in a, in a certain way, doesn't mean it shouldn't change. And I think there's always opportunity in change. And I try to maintain this philosophy in, in my personal life and in my business philosophy, but in my interactions with, with clients as well. And we see resistance to change as being, you know, one of the major obstacles in adoption to new technology. But really at, at Seabright, I hope to give providers a look at what's possible by, by automating uh, this part of their supply chain. And as far as getting a hold of me, I'm extremely accessible via LinkedIn, Paul Hasbrook, H-A-S-B-R-O-O-K. And of course, uh, email is good as well. I'm, I'm simply paul at seabrighthealthcare.com. And seabrighthealthcare.com is also our website, which I'd encourage you and your listeners to check out. Outstanding, Paul. Uh, man, super, super great to, to reconnect with you and uh, to hear that you guys are doing so well. And listeners, a uh, great opportunity to, to check out an innovative way to, to tackle your, your billing processes inside of the OR. Paul, I just want to wanna thank you again for, for sharing the insights that you guys are garnering with, with what you're doing at Seabright and uh, definitely looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate your time today. 